Philosophy does not promise to secure anything external for man. Otherwise, it would be admitting something that lies beyond its proper subject matter. This is a quote from the Wikipedia page <laughs> I found. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we are hardcore researchers here. <laughs> While we were researching today's word of the day, stoicism. Mm. I'm very passionate about the word stoicism. Yeah. I've been using it over the last several years to describe myself. You and think you're stoic? Yes. Okay. And the the manner in which I use it to describe myself is whenever someone compliments me about how I am able to control my reactions to situations. Mm -hmm. I am able to kind of just sit back if something bad happens right and just let it settle before I externalize a reaction right so I went to the Wikipedia page of stoicism just to kind of start researching into yeah. it and that's when I found out that there's a heck of a lot more <laughs> than just a little bit the definition that I thought it meant which was essentially restraining your emotions the practice right. of restraint it's interesting because as you were talking about what you practice what you actually practice it's different than the definition you just gave when you first started and you said a lot of people when they talk to me they said you can control your emotions and the way you react this is not the same as restraining it right so stoicism is just really all about keeping cool, calm, being collected, no matter what life is kind of throwing at you. It's not about bottling things, pushing things down. It's about keeping a balance. It's about understanding that there are certain things you can control and there are certain things you can't. And the things you can't control, you have to let go of. So it's more of an understanding. It's a philosophy and it's a way of thinking and it's a day-to-day -day practice. And it's not about the results. It's not always about the, the end goal, but it's about the journey, the process. It's all about the virtue. What um, is a virtue? <laughs> being a good person, showing wisdom, self-control. Is stoicism a new concept or is it like when was it developed? Because I only got so far... <laughs> In, in my Wikipedia search. Um, ooh, I want to say, what, 300 BC? It's an old, it was, it, it's... So before before Christ. Before Christ. We were, I, we were kind of thinking about this. I know we kind of brought it up of like, how did it come to be? How did someone decide that this is, this is a way of being? Mm -hmm. And I wonder, what were they experiencing in life back then? That a human being, another human being, stood up and said, we need to practice virtue. We need to practice self-control and not trying to control. Like, you can't control everything. Just let it go. Like, how hard was their life, <laughs> life back then that they had to come up with this term? Yeah, I've never really thought about like, the fact that the concept of anger isn't something new. That it actually was something that was not only present mm -hmm. in people but back was, then, but it was something that they self-analyzed. 
yeah that's interesting right that is but then you know what that goes back to that's what philosophy is like when you look at all these philosophers right and they've come up with these all these like social theories it's just amazing that they came up with justice they came up with social behavior and social rules that still imply today you know it's it's actually quite remarkable yeah, it's it's weird because I never even connected the two because we have such a ever present dialogue about mental health and self-analyzing, like the over consumption mm-hmm. of self-analytical material that we're all exposing ourselves to. But I've never equated the fact that existentialism existed like tens of hundreds of years ago. Yeah. And was a main discussion topic and we're still dealing with it today, but it's not new. No, it's not new. And, you know, just kind of circling back to stoicism, it's, it goes back to loving your fate. And so maybe, maybe it kind of stemmed from the fact that especially back then you kind of were dealt the cards you were dealt with. You had to grapple with the fate that you were handed yeah and that was difficult whatever cards that life kind of handed you you had to kind of accept it and instead of getting upset about it and thinking you can change it or control it you kind of roll with the punches and you say you know what I can't control the weather and I can't control you know this type of life that I have and whatever X, Y, and Z, but I can control my behavior towards it. I can control my thoughts towards it. I can control my emotions towards it. I can't control that the shoe merchant ripped me off a pence. <laughs> is that what, is that the... <laughs> I guess those were the challenges back then. I don't know. <laughs> what was a pence? What, uh, what like countries? What cur- like you mean value? Like what value? Well, was that a North American currency? Oh, I don't. I don't think North America existed. I just know the word pence and I just. Yeah, but North America did not exist back then. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're. (laughs) Definitely was not North America. (laughs) I'm revealing too much. (laughs) I definitely flunked out of history. As we sat here, we said all these positive things about being a stoic person and being all about being a good person and having wisdom and showing courage and justice and self-control. What are some of the challenges do you think of it? Well, the main challenge that I have personally faced with the way I go about my life Mm -hmm. and how different I seem to be from a lot of people around me Mm -hmm. is they always turn to me and say, is that really healthy? And they assume that my version of restraint and practicing a calmer emotion, a calmer reaction is actually me bottling things up right because that's how we kind of know it today Mm -hmm. you're taught not to keep your true feelings inside about a situation right you're taught to express yourself yeah and also that others need to respect you so you're taught to speak up yeah right and so now we've created this culture of if you don't do that, you're bottling things up and that's going to hurt you right. further on down the line. I so I think a lot of people a, equate what right. I'm doing to being unhealthy. Which is a misconception because they're completely different things. By no means is being stoic suggesting or advocating to bottle things up. 
In fact, what it's saying is use your emotional toolbox, use use the the resources and the skills that you're practicing to be able to have a balanced emotion emotional life. The reality of life doesn't work like that. Life isn't black and white. We can sit here and we can say, you know, practice being a good person and practice good virtue. At the end of the day, we have temptation. At the end of the day, sometimes you just get smacked in the face with life. Okay, so I want to come back to your first thought where you talked about it's less about controlling Mm -hmm. your emotions and more about how you understand life that's what stoicism is it's it's a philosophy based in learn how to have a different perspective on these things happening around you yeah and therefore your reactions will follow right right you know let's put it in some real life examples you've just recently gone through a breakup not you (laughs) (laughs) Just someone out there. (laughs) You've recently gone through a breakup and your ex starts posting something that comes across as maybe hurtful to you. You open your social and you see that he's posted something because you guys are still following each other. And your immediate reaction, right, is what a piece of um he's such a day like I can't believe he's doing this he's rubbing it in my face anger insecurity jealousy sadness all pop up Mm -hmm. what happens if you see that post and instead you take a deep breath and you say wow he must be really hurting to try and shove that in my face it's it's a little unkind. It's a little unkind for him to have done this, but it's probably coming from a place of hurt and attention-seeking. I kind of feel bad for him that he has to seek this attention. Yeah, that's a possibility Yeah, for sure. That's one possibility of what could be happening behind the scenes and something you could attribute as the explanation but what i'm saying is the different what i'm saying is the situation the stimuli that you've been given is exactly the same and the stimuli is you open your phone and you see a post that you don't like what you are in control of is your perception of the stimuli your perception of what you're you've been given and that perception is the difference of being stoic and losing your emotions. Now, did you notice the difference is not you open the post up and you say, what a dick, what an asshole, what a this, da, da, da. And then you pretend like you're okay with it. That's bottling it up. It's your true perception. It's, it's really going deep down and you really practice saying, you know what? I can't control what he does. I can't control what he posts out of my hands I'm not gonna get upset about it it hurts feel your feels acknowledge your feels but also 
realize that that person changing your perception is probably coming from a hurt place, which is why they're posting. That's being stoic. Do you think that there are consequences to people imposing an incorrect narrative behind the actions of someone else? So let's come back Mm -hmm. to your ex posting the Instagram story. What would make you feel better is to impose the narrative that they are doing this to attention seek. It could be attention seek for you. It could be attention seek for other women. It doesn't matter, but Mm -hmm. it's an attention seeking thing. Mm -hmm. That's a negative narrative that you're imposing on that situation to make yourself feel better. It also helps you. I understand it Mm -hmm. also will help you control your own reactions. But where I'm going with this is I'm not always sure that that's the correct route for people to take if they don't have a complete understanding of what is going on because that could have consequences for them themselves later on down the line because it's if it's a false narrative you're falsely but it doesn't matter that's the whole point well so i point is you're correct in both scenarios there's a negative connotation towards your ex in the first scenario your ex is an asshole and he's a dick and he's a musician and all this stuff in the second scenario he's attention seeking and He's, he's doing out of this place of hurt, a place of pain. But one scenario allows you to be more empathetic because if you turn around and you look at all the insults, all the painful things your ex is doing or has said to you, and you look at it and say, you know what, at that moment, my ex was hurting. And so it's not, not necessarily it's forgivable, But I can empathize because when you're coming from a place of hurt, that's where it's coming from. It's not about him insulting me directly. It was a him thing or a her thing, right? Beyond that is out of your control. You're correct. You actually don't know true narrative is. You can't control his narrative. I guess I'm just, I agree with you. I'll accept that, that Mm -hmm. one is better than the other. I guess I'm just trying to vouch for the future of that person because if that narrative ever got out, mm-hmm. as you're saying it back to me, mm-hmm. I feel like it's very condescending if I was the ex mm-hmm. and it wasn't true. But that's what it is. Yes, but if you I would feel psych- like you are speaking to me in a condescending way. But Psych 101, when you post something, especially in certain situations or when you behave certain way, it's basic 101. Yes, 99% of people in this scenario, that would be the correct assumption. However, there is that 1% that may not actually care. Okay, and so the 1% is the asshole and the dick and the piece of shit. Who, okay, so both pick, well, pick, well, pick your poison. No, but why do they have to be a dick just to post after a breakup? Uh, no, no, sorry. We're, we're saying if the post was like a bad post. We're, that that's, okay. that was the point okay. it's not just like a regular okay. post of hey i'm just having coffee it's let's say the day after your breakup she's with 10 other guys making out or he's with a few girls making out. like i'm saying it's a it's a bad post yeah i think i'm focusing on this because i went through a breakup once where all of my ex's actions mm-hmm. in that scenario were 
very careless throughout the entire relationship. Right. And even on the day of our breakup, everything he did was careless. Even during our breakup conversation, he kind of just hung up the phone and ended it right there. And I never got a chance to speak to him again. And so the whole basis of my recovery from that relationship, mm-hmm. my girlfriend surrounded me and we kind of all collectively agreed, I need to get over him because his actions showed he's a careless person. He didn't care about me. Mm-hmm. And that's a bad thing. And it really wasn't until a couple months later that I had a new perspective on what had really been going on during that relationship and even in the breakup Mm -hmm. and I think I regretted all the hate that I had developed toward him even though it it kind of helped me get over him Mm -hmm. I had regretted it a little bit because I came to the realization that I am a very passionate person I'm a very Mm -hmm. romantic person and what I was expecting from him was too much for Mm -hmm. him he simply wasn't capable Mm -hmm. of giving me that level of love right he wasn't capable of a deep love and I kept bashing him and bashing him you know Mm -hmm. throughout a relationship just trying to get it out of him but I was never going to get it out of him because he simply did not understand that level of emotion yeah And then I even realized it throughout the breakup process, how careless he was that again, he wasn't doing it on purpose Mm -hmm. just to hurt me. Mm -hmm. It was because he simply didn't understand the level of hurt that I was experiencing. Right. Because he himself doesn't know what that hurt feels like. He's never experienced it because he's never had to feel it's not because he's never had a bad breakup. He is not capable yeah. of it. And yeah. so I I finally gained that perspective yeah. at the end of the day. And I thought, you know, maybe I shouldn't have been so harsh to him in my internal narrative. Yeah. But I do agree that it does help you get over them. But it doesn't help you gain that broader understanding that we're all kind of seeking in this world and that I am attributing to the philosophy of stoicism like you should want to achieve that higher level of understanding is what I'm trying to say no so it's not saying under try and understand life it's saying understand that you don't have control over certain things and one of them is exactly trying to understand another human being right and so going back to what you just said you regret showing anything anger and I agree with you the worst thing we can do and I think women in general maybe do this more than men is we bash them after a breakup because it's it's how we're trying to heal but what if you guys we were just empathetic what if we just said you know what he treated me like this or she treated me like this because she's kind of going through something right now I can empathize with that it's probably because they're not in the same place that I'm supposed to be in in life or I want to be in life you know kind of feel bad for that we had a great time together it didn't work out we're gonna move on I'm gonna work on myself I'm gonna heal I'm gonna process my emotions but I'm not gonna hate it's hard it's hard even me saying it is hard but I think if all of us practice this future us 
would be happier with the way we behaved post breakups and post conflict because it's um, a pro understanding world yeah and it and and think about how much less distress you put yourself in and going back to being stoic it's about achieving peace and reducing chaos and sweethearts gentlemen the only person you're rattling up when you're sitting there thinking about all the horrible thing your ex has done is yourself <laughs> you're like crazy brain is not sending these like anger messages to your ex and your ex mm-hmm. is sitting there on the other other side of the world being like "Ooh, shit i should all of a sudden feel guilty <laughs> Do you think there's a line in which you become too empathetic and therefore you end up absorbing Mm. too much of the other person's problems? And I know we always talk about romantic relationships, but when I think about this issue in particular, Mm. being too empathetic and absorbing the other person's problems, it umbrellas all kinds of relationships. It umbrellas family relationships, work relationships, all that stuff. And that's a big complaint about empathetic people Mm. is they find themselves in this scenario where they're becoming too understanding and then they just absorb the other person's issues because the other person doesn't know what they're doing. So where is that line where you need to be practicing understanding Mm -hmm. that what's happening in the world isn't... That's again going back to being empathetic is great up to a point where you are not trying to change the outcome by your niceness whether whether you're trying to change the outcome with your anger or with your kindness it's the same thing it's exactly the same thing extreme emotion is extreme emotion that's it right there it's if you're trying to change the outcome Mm -hmm. with your empathy you're doing empathy wrong yeah and sometimes guys you gotta just we all have to just let go and i think that's what it is you know what i'm gonna work on myself and i'm gonna whether it's like something with work or whether it's like a a argument you had with your boss you go home and you kind of unwind and you say you know what i can't control how psychotic my boss is what a micromanager my boss is what i can do is i can control myself i can control the fact that it's not five o'clock i'm off the clock and i need to just go back to my base peace and you know all that stuff instead of trying to change the outcome whatever conflict you're in by taking a step back and seeing what in this scenario can I actually control and what in this scenario is going to bring me back to emotional balance what in this scenario is less chaotic for me that seems a little selfish to me though how because you're right back to let me put myself first here and ignore what's happening out no 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 no. you're saying let me take a step back Mm. so instead of approaching your boss or your ex or your boyfriend or your friend in the heat of the moment you say let me take a step back let me reassess the situation gain balance and then approach it with a different perspective so imagine going back to our social media ex-boyfriend post imagine when you open that open up your phone and that post you see and you're angry and then you say whoa hold on a minute let me take a step back 
let me change my perspective, take a deep breath. And now you open your phone and you're like, you know what? It sucks that I'm seeing this. This is shitty to see. But wow, he must be really hurting to feel the need to be doing that. Or she must be really hurting to feel the need to be doing that. Now your perspective has changed. So you're dealing with the situation at hand so much better. You're not sending an angry text like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, how could you do this? We just broke up. Like, no, you might not even send a text because now you're like, go do you. Do you think any part of stepping back also reduces your emotions on a artificial level though? Are so there like times masking? Yeah. Masking are there times it? where you should no. show the true emotion that showing, this person is hurting you? Yeah. Showing true emotion is communicating and being honest and raw is very important. But the way you communicate your honesty. Right. We have a disagreement. We have a disagreement on something that happened yesterday with a password thing that we were doing. I could have handled that very poorly i could have been like you're an idiot sworn at you raised my voice i could have handled that extremely poorly or i could have actually handled it better and i could have just been like ha 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 whatever but then okay, what but happened was you explained your perspective i took a step back well i took a step back because i was driving <laughs> i couldn't text and then you explained your perspective to me by me having a moment to not respond to you right away, uh-huh. I understood your perspective because you explained context to me. And then I was like, oh, okay. Did it really anger you that much? No, it didn't anger <laughs> me. I just don't like provoking situations. Okay. And so when you found out that that wasn't my intention, I my was intention like, oh, was okay, not. Whatever. And well, I think this- I said that. I was okay, like, okay, but, whatever. Oh, but now we're entering a different kind of conversation because, Okay couple things I here. Like <laughs> no, but you should know me. I feel like I'm talking to an ex. I know. Because I was just going to bring this up here. I know. You should know me. It's true. By now that I am not that person. It's so true. now I'm insulted. But I'll tell you why. It's because you just went through a, a thing a couple nights ago. And I don't know if I couldn't tell if it was like normal Cynthia or if it was like post conversation with you know who Cynthia so you think I do go on a roller coaster of emotions sometimes I react unhinged specifically after certain situations with certain people in your life well okay you but, do. okay okay so so uh, as you were talking right though, I was rightfully gonna, so yeah so I was gonna bring up the sex because he used to do exactly what we've just said and in arguments, he would take an actual step back and he would actually step back for like an hour or two. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now during this time, I was like, what the, I could not handle it because that's not the relationship I want. I don't Mm want to be married to someone who like we're in a quip in the kitchen and he's like, I cannot deal with this perspective that you have just brought me right now. I'm going to have to literally take a step back for two hours. Like okay. that in itself made me uncomfortable. Right. You got it. The, it like it, triggered your. Yeah. I am that 
yeah. provocative to you that you have to literally step away from me for two hours. And so that's why I had this reaction to you just mm. now. Cause I was like, well, hold on, you should know me. And that's the exact same thing I thought okay. to him so, too. So a few things. One, how often did he, do, I would ask how often did he it was do it? Anytime what? we had an argument. Yeah. So I, I think that's, I think for me taking a step back of I think I I went offline for 30 seconds <laughs> I think that was the I cannot believe you had to take a breath over this no I didn't take a breath I just put my phone down because I was driving and in that time <laughs> in that time and I think I actually called you and you're like I'm in a meeting so I was like I can't yeah. text and drive so I put my phone down as I'm driving you had sent a few texts. So by the time I parked, I right. looked at my phone and I was like, oh, okay. So right. then I realized it wasn't just you. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, okay. it happens to all of us. Sometimes <laughs> you have a minute with someone, you get in an argument. I've had it where I got in like an argument with an ex-ex and I put the phone down and then my conversations to follow are kind of impacted with from my mood from that conversation yes and so I and it, ha it happens to both of us we've both been there and it can be something as simple oh I'm over with I'm over today I'm over the week because my boss is a dick or I'm over the week because my ex is a dick whatever so I just assumed you were like fuck people and I'm just gonna like right and it's interesting though because I would definitely never advise the solution to that be you voice what's going on in your head what the assumption was that was going on here because if you do that then I would just explode if you had said to me like Cynthia did you do this because of what happened the other day no, but I would I, but I know you right right so and I would never say that to you what I do with you is I just say what you how you doing yeah no but <laughs> I was trying to play that out in my head because then I was also trying to play out what I want in a future relationship right. And I was trying to figure out a solution. Would I want an uber comfortable situation with my husband where I am reacting poorly to something because of something he knows I just witnessed mm -hmm. or was a part of, maybe yeah. a bad day at work? Would I feel okay or worse with him saying, are you being a bitch because of this well i feel no. like it's a little bit condescending but right. then it's like what is the solution to have that openness between but you two what's wrong with saying yeah the way you communicate is important so him being like and funny enough i did a guy who would always be like this to me he'd be like you're just being a c word all the time <laughs> because this just happened and i was like and then what would happen is this would shift my mind from having productive conversation about my feelings about what had happened to now me trying to address the insult I just got. So I think the way you communicate is important. The words you choose when you're communicating are important. But if your loved one and your partner came up to you very gently from like a good place and was like, babe, I know you had a really hard day today. Do you think you're a little bit on edge because of what might have happened? How, what can I do to make it better? Do you want to talk about it? There's nothing wrong with that. It's come. It's a safe space that she or he has created for you. And I think that's a really, it's a kind thing to do. And it's also shows that she or he, whoever you're into, is aware that you've had a hard day and they're acknowledging it. Yeah, I agree. And if you are in a healthy relationship, you are going to receive that well. Yeah. I think if you don't receive it well, that is a sign that you're 
not in a healthy, balanced relationship. There's something harboring resentment. There's something there that's deeper that makes you react that way. Going back to what you just said of like your ex always wanted spaces. You should also know yourself well enough to turn around and say, you know what, babe, you're right. I handled this really poorly. I am kind of on edge and I feel like whatever we talk about right now, I'm not going to deal with appropriately. I'm just going to go for like a little jog or I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go for a workout. I want to talk about this. I'll fix like we'll talk about it when I come back. Honestly, maybe this is why I'm not in a relationship because I understand that that's a healthy situation you just described, but I get anxiety thinking about it because I don't feel connected to someone unless they are girl let me tell you you, i i say this but if someone said it to me yeah i would be so triggered because i'm the kind of person that if you tell me you have something to say i need to know what that is immediately like you have to tell me right now i don't need i don't need details just give me the headline yeah (laughs) (laughs) just just tell me what it was tell me what I did or what you thought I did so I can at least think about it while you're at the gym yeah that is open communication completely trigger yeah completely again if your partner loves you enough and cares about you and knows you enough maybe like the reassurance comes this has nothing to do with you honestly I'm just really fucking pissed at my boss right now and I just need to cool down a bit has nothing we're good I love you like this has nothing to do with us it's just my boss is just driving me crazy and I just need to like decompress. I love you. And then just give me a big old smooch too yeah. with that. That's, that's and then, needed. And then F off. Yeah. I'd accept that. Yeah. See? <laughs> <laughs> I am ready for a relationship. We got you fixed. <laughs> I'm still going to come back to the stoicism versus bottling things up. Yeah. Because I'm not convinced that people out there who here are these two definitions, Mm -hmm. how we just described stoicism and then how we know bottling things up is I'm not convinced that everyone's going to understand the distinction between the two. And I think a lot of that largely has to do with not everyone is capable of understanding concepts on a deep level. And I think that's what's needed. I understand that sounded kind of condescending, (laughs) but I think that's an important distinction because mm-hmm. that is the very trait dismissing things mm-hmm. is the very trait of someone who is not interested in educating themselves on preach girl self-improvement techniques yeah. or just even acknowledging that everyone on this earth needs to constantly self-improve. Yeah. Like if you can't recognize that about yourself, you've got a long way to go. Yeah. I think if you are one of those people that still doesn't understand the difference between the two, then step one should probably be acknowledging that you yourself need to improve. Everyone needs to improve. Yeah, everyone needs to improve. I, I can understand a little bit where the confusion comes from if it's a newer concept to you. And unfortunately, social media and a lot of the information we're given we're being fed incorrect information and if this is if this is your reality of these incorrect information I can understand why people are like well no this is this is what I thought love is this is what I thought stoicism is this is what I thought these concepts are now that maybe you've heard this maybe now we're not saying change your mind 
but we're saying does it kind of give you a little bit of curiosity to go do some research and I think that's the best thing we can ask for is when you have conversations does it provoke curiosity that's what we're after isn't it you want to be curious about life you want to be hungry for knowledge you want to be craving to learn and to understand and to grow and do you think you just have that curiosity naturally or do you think sometimes it could be born out of something stronger like if a person who reaches rock bottom Mm -hmm. in life and they acknowledge at that point that things need to change and then that's when they start looking at maybe I should have been doing life a little bit better in these ways maybe I don't react poorly I'm actually just picturing uh, it was a couple weeks ago this clip went viral of that guy who was in court in Vegas and as the judge was reading his sentencing he jumped over and attacked her (laughs) and then yeah so then he ended up obviously (laughs) back in court yeah with the same judge yeah to yeah yeah, and to more charges I mean she read him the same sentencing that she was going to read him yeah but now he's facing even more charges and it's funny because I think part of the charges were surrounding anger induced events part of his plea was that he had become a better person obviously that was all false but I'm using that as an extreme case of you've hit you, rock bottom. You've hit rock bottom. You yeah. can you have to acknowledge yeah. actual deep change needed. Like that's a person that is starting from mm-hmm. ground zero. I think some people are innately born with it, with the curiosity gene. One of those people is like my brother. He just since he was like a kid, every freaking thing around. Why is this like this? Why is that like that? And that continued in teenage years and continues in his adult life and even in now every single day he's working to be better and learning and it's a principle in his life that he values a lot I particularly wasn't like that I was curious about the things I liked so I I loved sports I was always involved in like basketball volleyball like all sorts of sports I enjoyed like learning about the techniques and like learning about my body and things like that I was doing very well in my career I looked around me I looked around my network and my group of friends and I just felt like I was stagnant I was doing very well but I I hadn't learned anything new I think the reason I was doing well is because I was a big fish in a little pond and because of that I just stayed exactly where I was for years. And the idea of not growing scared the shit out of me. And like, I think the next day I signed up to do my master's. (laughs) (laughs) And since then, I've made it a habit to read. Since then, I've made it a habit to learn about myself and self-develop. And it's become now important. It started out with me being scared. I applied that into my daily habits and now it's just part of my routine. If I if I'm not learning something in the last couple of days, I feel like I feel gross. It's like working out. Yeah. It's working out. It's the same like, you know, you hear people when they're like, "How did you get into working out?" and like working out every day and people are like, "Well, you do it for a few days and then you do it for a few weeks and then you do it for a few months." And then now when I miss a workout, I feel gross. Cuz now it's part of my habit. 
in dance, when you have the top dancers of each class go into the professional schools and they're auditioning for it and they're Mm -hmm. accepted into it, they actually have psychologists help that process because when the dancers who have been top of their class and unique performers for so for much of their life are then exposed to the rest of the group when they reach the professional level who is just as good as them Mm. that can be very hard mentally for a lot of teens to deal with it's it's their first time realizing I am not that special And so they actually have um, psychologists there to help them through that process. Otherwise, they could, you know, become, it can hinder their abilities. Interesting. I wonder if they have that for athletes. They should. I'm sure there's some element to that. And I think coaches are also trained Mm. to deal with that mindset because, yeah, all athletes have, you have to have an ego. ego. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. In order to perform, it's it's part of yeah. It's a why they're so good. <laughs> it's yeah. a delusion you have to have. Yeah, and it's funny because the minute your delusion is broken, you become shittier as a player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which you is have crazy right because confidence helps you perform. A thousand percent. Yeah, a thousand percent. So there's a huge psychology behind it all, yeah. and that's why coaches play such oh, an incredible part in this. Yeah. Oh. so good i i just finished reading uh split the difference by chris frost i think that's his name chris foster something like that he's a ex like one of the top like fbi negotiating agents oh guys this book i'm hooked i I, like literally want to read it again because it was (laughs) so good anyway highly recommend yeah well there you go folks now you know what estoicismo is Bye. Bye Bye-bye.